Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time of the day it is that you have come upon this video here, this audio recording, whichever the case may be. My name is Dave Nelson, and this is the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Today, I just wanted to take a moment here and encourage you with some scriptures. And let me go ahead and get my uh, Bible up here. And I'm going to be reading from um, Romans chapter 6. And I'm just going to go back and start to read in verse 1. Give me a moment here. Let me get this up. And and before we get started, let me just encourage you, as I often do, to be sure to, t- to take the time in your life to study the Word of God, to read the Bible. Look, we all have busy lives. There are other things we do in life. Uh, you know, we've got jobs to do. We've got families to raise, bills to pay, lots of responsibilities in life. But I really just want to encourage you to lay a foundation in your life of the scriptures, the word of God. This is the way that God has chosen to speak to us in these days that we now live in. Um, Many people say, you know, they question things about God and they wonder this about God or that about God, but never really take the time to seek God. And in the scriptures, it tells us that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what he wants from your life. That's what he wants from my life is that we would diligently seek him. And if we seek him, we'll find him. We'll find his will for our lives. And the scripture also tells us to not be conformed to this world, but rather to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the way that we can renew our mind is on the word of God. This is the way we can come to the knowledge and prove the will of God, right, for our lives is by reading the Bible. So that's why this channel exists, um, to uh, encourage you in the word of God. You know, when we read, I, I use the word encourage. And the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, there are times that the scriptures rebuke us, correct us, instruct us in righteousness, telling us how we should live in a righteous manner and such. So there's a lot to the Bible that we can learn from, you know, what it teaches us. But today I'm just randomly opening up Romans chapter six here. Actually, I randomly opened up Romans chapter six a little while ago and and was reading through it myself and uh, just now decided to go ahead and do this on the channel here. But in Romans chapter six, This is written by the Apostle Paul, and he said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So, really something to think about there. Because unfortunately, it seems 
um, especially within Christian circles, and I don't know who you are that has come upon this video or come upon this audio, whether you even consider yourself to be a believer or, you know, a seeker of God or, you know, anything like that at all. So I don't know where you are, but it, it's, uh, it's unfortunate to me today that um, within Christian circles, there has been a kind of perversion of the doctrine of grace, okay? And when I say perversion, it, it seems to be a doctrine of grace today where you can continue in sin and it's okay and you're still going to be saved and it really doesn't matter all that much if you continue in sin because God's grace abounds. But this is exactly what the Apostle Paul is addressing here. But the question here in verse 2 of chapter 6 of Romans is, is straightforward, isn't it? How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Because that's what the case should be if you've come to Christ. You've died to sin. Okay, let's read on. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? In other words, stay on this topic of not living in sin any longer. And he says, don't you realize that you died to the old self? You died to the, to the way you used to be, and now you're alive in Christ, and you have the Spirit of the Lord within you, right? Therefore, verse 4 says, we were buried with him through baptism. Now, Paul's painting a picture of what baptism is like when a person is immersed in the water, you know, put under the water, right? He says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead, so when you're baptized, it's symbolic, you come up out of the water, right? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. So we're, it's out with the old, in with the new. We're putting on the new man. And we're walking in a newness of life. Old things, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, as scripture says. Old things have passed away and all things become new. This is the life of someone that has committed their, their ways, their life to Jesus Christ, okay? For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So again, we're dead, right? Let me read on. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Listen to this. Again, we're still on this topic of sinning, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Okay? Are you a slave of sin? today? Are you allowing sin to reign and rule in your life that you just keep going back to it over and over and over again? And maybe you've believed this doctrine about that, that you can continue in sin and grace will abound. Now, I want to quote to you from Titus chapter 2. I don't have it up in front of me here, but Titus chapter 2. And if you've listened to me for any period of time, 
I've quoted this scripture quite a bit, but in, in Titus chapter um, 2, uh, starting down in verse 10, actually, let me just go ahead and take a moment to get it up, okay, rather than trying to go from my memory here. Get it up in front of me here on my screen. So Titus 2, and I'm going to go down, start in... Uh, Let's see. Verse 11. Thank you for your patience there. Okay. But staying on this whole thing, again, don't make the mistake of believing that doctrine that you can continue in sin and grace will abound. As Paul's teaching us here in, in Romans that you know, that's not the case. You need to be dead to sin, no longer asleep to sin. And then in Romans, or excuse me, in Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 11, it says, for the grace of God that brings salvation. So yes, we are saved by grace. In other words, the grace of God brings salvation to the world, to all the world, right? Not now, wait a minute. I'm not saying everybody's saved, but the opportunity to be saved is brought to the world by the grace of God. So we're saved by grace, but through faith, Ephesians 2, right? Through faith. Okay, so and faith without works is dead. We got to stay in the faith. We got to walk in the faith. We got to continue in the faith. You'll see that written throughout the whole New Testament. You got to stay in the faith all the way till the end. So, but it says, so, the grace of God that brings salvation. So that's the grace we're talking about here. Has appeared to all men, like I said, to all, right? But here's what it does. It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. So what's that sound like? We're denying sin. We're avoiding it. We're shunning sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. This is what grace this grace of God teaches us to do. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. And we can't trample the, the blood of the son under our feet, right? We've got to take it seriously. And we've got to change the way we live and no longer be slaves to sin. So we deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, Titus 2.12, and that we should live soberly, it says, righteously, and godly, when? Verse 12, Titus 2, in this present age, right now, we need to be living righteously. We need to be living godly, soberly, right? Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what we should be doing. We're looking for that. We're not of this world. We're in this world. We're not of this world. We're not slaves to sin because sin any longer. And we're looking for Jesus to return who gave himself for us. For what reason did he give himself for us? Well, it says that he might redeem us from what? Verse 14 of Titus chapter 2. If you're not looking at it or you can't look at it right now, take note of these scriptures and take a look at them later. Jesus redeemed us, it says, from every lawless deed. What's that? What are lawless deeds? Sin. And that's what Jesus redeemed us from. 
And we need to now be living soberly and righteously and godly. Right? Why did he do it? Because he wanted to purify himself, we're told in verse 14. Excuse me, not purify himself. Purify for himself his own special people that are what? Zealous for good works. Okay, again, this grace doctrine that is a perverted grace doctrine that teaches you that your works don't matter is not the doctrine of the Bible, right? And in verse 15 of Titus chapter two, it says, speak these things, which I am doing, exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no one despise you. In other words, don't stop preaching this. Okay, this is how we should live. Now I'm going to go back to Romans um, chapter 6 again. So I'll read verse 6 again, uh, Romans 6, 6. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that is with Jesus, right? That the body of sin might be, what, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, verse 8. If we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Now, I wanna, I'm stuck here. I need to back up for a minute because I, I kind of went too fast past chapter 7. Or excuse me, verse 7. <laughs> for he who has died has been freed from sin. You see that? You died to your old nature. You died to the old man. You made this known through baptism. The old man's washed away. Everything's becoming new because you've come to Christ and now you're going to be zealous for good works. And you're going to be, be fixing your eyes on the Lord and you're going to be looking for him to come again and you're going to be living in a manner that says he is coming today or I'm going to go be with him today one way or the other and I got to live like it. Okay, then verse eight again. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. He did it for all, one time for all. Now, not all have appropriated this by coming through faith to this place in their lives where they've been, like verse seven says, freed from sin. Not everybody's done that. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. It says, I'm finishing verse 10. Let me read it again. For the death that he died, Jesus, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, okay, so just like that, verse 11, likewise, you also, you and me also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. Do you see what Paul's stressing here? But be alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Dead to sin, but in Christ 
I'm alive to God. I have this fellowship, this relationship with God that was once damaged and I was separated from because of sin. But we repent. We come to faith in Jesus. We're baptized. We demonstrate this. And then we begin to walk in a newness of life led by the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Verse 12, do not, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. Again, we can't let sin have reign. Can't let it have the rule in our lives. Okay, and today is a day that God's mercy is new. So if you're hearing this, and you can begin today with this, whether you've been someone that has claimed to be a believer or you're someone that never has come to faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 13, do not pre present your members, that is your body, right? As instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members, right, as instruments of righteousness to God. So everything you do, it's like you're alive from the dead. You've been made new. You're that new creation now in Christ because you've come to faith in Jesus and you've been freed from sin to no longer walk in it. Verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Okay, so how did the salvation come? How was the salvation brought to man? The, you know, um, the salvation that gives us eternal life, how did it come? It came by grace, free gift of God. Okay, it's not law where you have to perform certain works and do certain things to get to it. No, God just offered it by grace. But it requires repentance, and it, requi it requires that you come through faith. You've been saved by grace through faith. Faith without works is dead. Okay? It all ties together. It all goes hand in hand. Paul preached it. James preached it. It all just you, you know works harmoniously together, right? But look at verse 16. Or let me read... Uh, Verse 15, what then, question mark, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. So Paul's making it clear. Hey, look, just because I brought up grace here again, that's not what grace is about. We've already talked about that, right? I took you to Titus and shown you what grace does, right? So it's not about that. You're not going to continue in sin. It's the second time Paul said it here in chapter 6. He goes, let's check this out, verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? Whether sin, so if you're submitting, you know, to sin, that leads to death. Are you, is that what you're doing today? Are you submitting to sin? Is that what? you and I are doing today? Are we submitting to sin that leads to death? Or are we submitting to the obedience that leads to righteousness? Verse 16, I'm talking about here. Righteousness. 
Are you living righteously, soberly, godly now? Titus chapter 2. When? Right now, in this present age. Is that how you're living? But Paul's talking to a people that he's encouraging. And he's saying, no, this isn't you anymore. Okay? And it shouldn't be you and me anymore. And he says in verse 17, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you did what? Verse 17, you obeyed from the heart. From within you, you determined, I am going to be obedient to righteousness. Verse 6, I'm backing up to 16 there, reading the last line. I'm going to be obedient. That, that, I want to have an obedience that leads me to righteousness because I've been delivered. I was once a slave to sin, right? So I'll read verse 17 again. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart, would you obey that form of doctrine to which you were delivered? So there's a doctrine that preaches this, that teaches everything we're talking about here today. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Second time Paul said this as well, right? At least the second time. Freed from sin, he said in verse 7. Verse 18, you have been set free from sin. And then you become a slave to righteousness. Now you're going to be obedient. From within your heart, you're going to say, this is what I'm doing now. This is how I'm walking. I am in Christ. Right now, Paul says, look, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. So there's no doubt that we're able to sin. Beware when you think you stand, lest you fall. There's no doubt that we're all capable of continuing in sin. But we can't make this, the mistake of, again, believing a perverted doctrine of grace that tells you it's okay. Just keep sinning, right? He says, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, right, and sin. Remember when you did that, he's saying, which just led you to more lawlessness, He's saying now, what you need to do now is present your members, right? Everything about you as slaves of righteousness. For what reason? For holiness. Without holiness, no one will see God. So verse 20, for when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So you were free to sin. And you felt like, wow, this is fun, pleasure and sin. But you didn't realize, and now you are realizing through the scriptures, that it leads to death, it leads to destruction. There is, a, there is an end to this vapor of a life that we now live. And we will bow the knee before the Lord and confess that he is Lord. And we will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, or we will hear, depart from me. I never knew you. Right? He said, what fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? 
And that should be the case. I know it's the case for me. And all the sin that I committed in my life, I can think back on so much of it and be ashamed of it. For the end of those things is death. It got me nowhere. It led me to nothing good. And it's just, there's no fruit of it other than being ashamed, he says in verse 21. Then verse 22, but now having having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God. So you're a slave one way or the other. You're either a slave to sin and you're obeying the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, right? You're walking around proud of your sin. In uh, Psalm 73, it talks about, you know, wearing your pride like a necklace. In other words, being loud and proud of sin and disobedience to God. We see a lot of that going on just in our society, don't we? But it shouldn't be going on inside of you and me. Verse 22 again, but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end is everlasting life. So sin leads to death, but holiness, right, leads to everlasting life. Let me back up and read it at the end of verse um, 19. Again, he says, For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now, right now, again, we're living soberly, righteously, godly in this present age, Titus 2. He says, Now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. And holiness at the end of verse 22, we're told, leads us somewhere too. The end of it is everlasting life. Sin leads to death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's where you find it. You come to faith in Jesus. The old man passes away, all things become new. You're a new creation in Christ. You no longer walk as a slave to sin, but rather you walk as a slave to righteousness. So are you a slave today? I hope so. Am I a slave today? I want to be a slave to righteousness. That should be our aim. And we're just looking for that blessed hope and that appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're pressing on and we're fighting the fight of faith to walk by faith and not by sight, to not give in to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, but rather to be led by the Spirit, to have the fruit of the Spirit rolling and reigning in us, right? to have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. So are you a slave 
today, again, you should be, but a slave to righteousness. So whose slave are you? Are you a slave to sin? So this is why I say get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God that you might know the will of God for your life. And uh, we just spent 28 minutes there looking at the Scriptures. And I really encourage you to, to take some time on a daily basis to seek God. Because remember, like I said in the beginning, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God bless you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whichever the case may be. If you like these teachings, share them, subscribe, pass it on. It's up to you. God's will be done in all of that. But I appreciate you being here, and we'll see you next time.